Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. I'm over here in Medellin, Colombia, and our friend and guest today is actually in Chile, and we're both in South America. But uh, we're, I'm on the north side, she's on the south side, so we're a little bit of a, a few hundred or a few thousand kilometers away. But through the miracle of technology, we're able to connect here. Um, so Dia, we're going to interview Dia about her travels, about her business, how she makes income online, and much more. Uh, so to start off with Dia, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share more about yourself? Um, sure. Um, my name is Dia Adams. I've run the Deal Mommy blog for about five years now. Um, it started as more of a traditional deals blog. I just sort of started jotting down, I think like a lot of us, you have people asking you uh, for tips and tricks about what you do. And um, because I'm obsessed with travel, it sort of morphed into travel. And then from there became sort of an award travel blog. Um, a lot of my readers became in more in that the war travel space. Um, and so now I specialize on what I call family travel for real life. It's basically not, you know, having to stay five star all the time, but you're also not a backpacker. Um, just trying to strike a good balance. Uh, I do extended trips with my family, um, but I manage to keep it into a reasonable budget. So uh, tell so, us about, uh, about your travels. Um, so um, what are the major cities, countries, countries you guys have visited as a family? Uh, well, um, before my kids, I uh, was an overseas. I lived overseas. My son was born in Ireland. Um, once uh, my kids turned four and seven, we did more uh, travel as a family. Um, I've done three uh, trips that were over a month long with my kids, um, half with just myself and half with myself and my husband. Uh, we did our first was when they were six and nine. We did an extended trip to Europe. Uh, two years ago, we did about six weeks in Japan and Vietnam and Hong Kong. And this summer, we're doing South America, Australia, I mean, um, Argentina, Uruguay, and Chile. Awesome. Um, so right now, you're doing the trip. Tell us about the trip you're currently on. Uh, you're actually in Chile at the time of this interview. Uh, walk I us through the journey. Uh, where did you start? Uh, what have you seen? And where are you heading? Sure. Uh, well, uh, we started, I think, um, it, one of the highlights, um, Iguazu. Uh, I know you were just there yourself. Uh, and uh, it's a place, as you know, it's kind of a pain to get to. Um, but do it. If, if you're thinking of, about it, um, it, I'm sure Ricky can affirm it is spectacular. It is unlike anything that you will see, frankly, anywhere else. Um, and so we started there. We, uh, from there, spent a week in Buenos Aires. Uh, we did two nights in Colonia, Uruguay, which is a ferry ride from Buenos Aires, and it's a place that a lot of people go on a day trip, but we really enjoyed our time there. Uh, flew from there to a little town just north of Viña del Mar uh, called Riñaca. Um, hung out there for about a week. My husband went home. Now we're in La Serena uh, for about a week, uh, where we're doing the Elqui Valley. We did um, the stargazing around here is fantastic. We did that last night. Uh, they're like the world capital of uh, planeta uh, planetariums and telescopes here in Chile. Uh, so it's very, very cool. Um, and La Serena is a lot more mellow than Vina. Uh, from here, we're going to the desert on Friday. Uh, we're doing a few nights in the desert. And then we'll end up back at the beach. Down. Um, we were going to go to Santiago, but the weather, honestly, has been really bad and there's smog right now in Santiago and we fell in love with Rinyaka so we're going back and that will wrap us up about uh, six weeks. Awesome sounds like an amazing adventure and uh, exactly like Dia was saying I highly 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 recommend Iguazu Falls. I was actually blown away I went to both the Brazilian side the Argentinian side and uh, when I was going there I was actually shooting on my iPhone 
And what happened is I was just shooting it, and uh, uh, basically, uh, I'll demonstrate here if you're watching the video. I was actually just going around and then shooting, and then uh, I was talking. I was like, hey, we're in Nikuzu Falls. We're about to see the falls. And then uh, as soon as I saw the falls, actually, it was uh, speechless, and I couldn't say anything. I was, uh, I was like, uh, kind of gasping and, like, uh, breathless, and I was just like, Oh my God! This is one of the most amazing things I've seen in my life, and I, I, I can see you shaking your head there because uh, you can relate to that feeling, right? I can, and my my kids are ten and thirteen, and my son is thirteen, and he's he's kind of mellow to begin with. So if you get like that something is good from him, that's basically like a ten because yeah. you know that's about you know okay is probably a seven. You know he's not going to give a sterling review to anything, and even he. When we left Iguazu Falls, said that's the most amazing thing I will ever see in my life. Um, so to get that out of him, I can't. I can't explain how much of an exclamation that is because, like I said, if something is good, that's just I'm blown away. If he even says something is good, because you know everything is just yeah, whatever, it's okay. Uh, you know, because he's 13, and that's how they. That's how they are. But yeah, just fantastic. Yeah, you know, uh, this is saying one of my favorite quotes is about travel is. Travel will leave you speechless, and then it will turn you into a storyteller. <laughs> very, very true. And I, I think that's how a lot of us get started blogging, is that we're telling stories. And sometimes, to me, it just felt like I was telling the same story because different people would ask me. And so it was just like, why am I not just writing this down? And then it's always interesting to see you know, that tipping point when you realize that people that aren't just in your circle are reading what you have to say, or when people start you know, recognizing um, you either online or even on the street. You know, it kind of takes things to a different level. And then you never shut up because uh, you uh, learn that you uh, have the ability to impact other people's lives. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. And uh, by the way, since I had my phone on me, uh, a lot of people uh, ask me this question. They see me videotaping while I'm uh, uh, on the streets of Sao Paulo or walking around here in Medellin or Bogota, and they always say, what are you doing? Isn't your phone getting stolen? Well, I actually want to show people here who are watching what I do. So this is an eye ring. And it's uh, you know basically attached to my phone and my hand. So actually, I could be filming, and no one actually could steal it. Like even if they ran past me and tried to grab it, it's going to be very hard for them to grab it uh, because it's literally glued, as you can tell here, um, to the phone. So it's very hard for, to remove. So I highly recommend getting this as a travel accessory for any travelers out there who are afraid of dropping their phone or getting it stolen. So this one's uh, ingenious. You know, you could be talking on the phone, and no one could steal it from you. It's a little tip. Very cool. And they actually make a version of that. It's not nearly as nice as that one, but they make a version of that um, that you can use as like a blog swag item if you want to. Um, the companies, you know, that do the custom imprinting, and they're not very expensive. I want to say they're like three or four dollars a piece, but they're a terrific giveaway if you're ever looking for like something to hand out at a trade show or something like that. Yeah. And uh, by the way, it's a stand too, so you could be watching Netflix and it stands in your hand. Oh, and you nice. could be watching. So it's pretty cool. Highly recommend it. Um, so moving on from that, uh, I would love to cover uh, your blog. Uh, so you mentioned you started your blog about five years ago, Dia. Um, tell us about the major themes and topics that uh, you write about on the blog. Uh, sure. Um, my tagline is family travel and real life, and that is really what I write about. I tend to do maybe 75% travel, 25% more lifestyle. Uh, but as far as travel, um, I do some miles and points. Um, I do a lot of what I call like strategy type things about like how I think about destinations, you know, how I 
buy my airline tickets, how I can, you know, budget for six weeks. Um, one of the themes of my blog is uh, what I'm doing right now is called Camp Mom, which basically is the idea, and as you know, with long-term travel, that once you get somewhere, staying there doesn't really cost you that much. And I can actually stay here for a week for cheaper than sending my two kids to day camp. So once we're here and then my husband goes home, it, the choice was either fly home with him and send the kids to camp for the week because they're not gonna sit around the house all day or continue the travels. And really sometimes it comes out cheaper to continue on the road. So just talking about things like that, uh, I do a conference twice a, a year called Family Travel for Real Life um, where I bring in speakers. Um, one of my speakers last time was actually Ari Chalstein, who you've interviewed uh, about, yeah, about a, a booking award, um, tickets for large families. Uh, so we discussed themes related to points, miles, travel hacking, and family travel. Um, because something that you'll see if you uh, are a person that follows miles and points and awards, a lot of the people that write that are single men. You know, and single men are fantastic, but they don't have the same experiences that families do. They are looking for hotel rooms that sleep five people they aren't looking to buy five tickets you know if you're flying first class by yourself and staying in a room where you know in a 500 a night suite that's a very different experience than what the rest of us do and it doesn't mean that we have to you know give up on some of the luxuries but we need to think about it differently and that's the point of view that i bring and you're, you're so accurate about that statement. Um, a lot of, I've actually interviewed about five or six different uh, travel hackers, um, and most of them are single men. Uh, yeah. so actually, one of them actually has a girlfriend, but he's a single male uh, who's dating his girlfriend. Uh, I actually interviewed the hackerette. Uh, she's a single female, um, and she talks about the female perspective towards travel hacking. And I interviewed uh, another gentleman who's a dad, and he actually has a great uh, website called uh, Points with the crew and he talks oh, about mine. yeah Dan yeah exactly exactly so I interviewed him about family travel and how he tra how he travel hacks with kids so um, I I'm also looking to interview more people like yourself and uh, you know other uh, female travel hackers and also other family <laughs> travel hackers good um, because yeah to find a, a woman travel hacker at these conferences is, is a, a sort of a rarity but then to find a mom is even more of a rarity and that's something that's been funny about my blog is that more men read me than women uh, which is not something that I expected but once I dug into uh, the statistics because uh, I write about points and miles and those sorts of things I have an overwhelmingly male audience uh, which I just kind of funny this moms do most of the planning for a lot of things but when it comes to miles and points for some reason it tends to be dad territory i don't really know what that's about but uh, even like the people that come to my conferences tend to be more dads than moms yeah no, i know i also don't understand that because i've been asking um you know for more female ones and ask the hackerette and she's like i don't know either i'm, I'm the hackerette <laughs> I'm a solo female. Don't ask me. You know, yeah. uh, so uh, we haven't figured out we haven't figured out the puzzle or the solution to why they're not more female travel hackers. Uh, so, Dia, I, I'm curious about um, you know family travel. Uh, so, when you're traveling, uh, 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 tell us about the experience from the kids' perspective. Uh, you mentioned you're traveling with like a teenager, and obviously teenagers are a little, a little bit rebellious, uh, so they don't usually listen to mommy and daddy, and they don't want to hang out with mommy and daddy. Uh, so uh, what did you have to bribe them with uh, to actually take them on your trips? 
Uh, that's actually a really good question, and it's actually a point of contention, and it's something I'm navigating uh, right now. Um, my kids are 13 and 10, and in addition to the, you know, I'd rather be hanging out with my friends, and I'd rather be home, you have the issues of the sibling rivalry. Um, uh, the most recent post I put up today, actually, was literally, the title of it is, Family Travel is Not All Sunshine and Rainbows, because it there are days, and, and I started the post by telling, relating that last week when we were um, glamping uh, out in the forest, I threw my kids' soccer ball down a ravine because they just were arguing about it, and they, I told them, listen, nobody gets it if you can't, and <laughs> finally, I lost my temper, and nobody got it. Uh, but, you know, this it, this stuff happens, and to me, it's uh, not only just uh, getting the teenager motivated about the travel, it's making sure that they have space. That's like the biggest thing that I've noticed is moving from hotel rooms to apartment rentals and usually it's maybe 10 or 15 dollars more a night to get a third bedroom from a second bedroom if I can just get them space that makes a huge difference um, as far as what gets him excited I try to sort of balance out the you know heavy activity days with days where things are a little more low-key um, I try not to like I try not to shove education down their throats because like for instance we were at a grocery store last week and they came across an old Nintendo Street Fighter machine from the 90s a stand up video game and my son was like exactly see yeah um you'll know what I'm talking about and he was ecstatic and I'm like okay you know you play this video game but here's the deal you need to go walk up to that clerk over there and get your change and so he had to go navigate in Spanish because he is convinced that he doesn't speak Spanish. But he had to go up with his dollar, um, I mean, his uh, 100 peso bill and navigate how to get change. And I said the same thing to my daughter. She's like, you know, can I have a treat? I'm like, well, you have to go buy it. <laughs> so, you know, it's like these baby steps where they don't realize that it's an educational experience and they're still having, uh, you know, they're having fun. So he got to play his game. So he was excited. But, you know, I still saw him actually having to interact and, you know, learn something and go shopping or, you know, just little things like that. And then I sort of add in those, you know, Iguazu or like last night when we went stargazing, you know, we saw the, the stripes on Jupiter. I mean, so there are certain things where, you know, you can't deny that it's cool. <laughs> you know, no matter how much you want to roll your eyes, you, you can't. It's just cool. Uh, so it's, it's, and then, you know, stuff like, you know, I bought him a soccer ball before I threw it out of a ravine, um, you know, to let him have a soccer ball. Um, you know, we play a lot of cards. Um, we try to do, you know, a lot of things like we just watched a movie together, you know, trying to, to make it feel more like a normal experience because if we're on the go from morning till night every single day, we're just we're gonna drive each other crazy. You just can't do that. What movie did you end up seeing? Because we love watching movies when we were traveling. I take the kids out. We actually saw Despicable Me in Spanish <laughs> because uh, <laughs> When you watch kids' movies in, uh, in uh, South America, they actually all dub, like the new Cars 3 movie or Despicable Me or um, I think there's an Emoji movie that's coming out. All of them actually dub. But we did actually see the Spider-Man movie um, when we were in Bogota, and that was in English with subtitles in Spanish. And we at least tried to see a couple movies per country. So which one did you end up seeing? Oh, at this time we actually rented and we saw Ant-Man, um, but we... Um 
did um, Despicable Me 2 when it opened in Vietnam. We actually saw it in Hanoi. And I, I agree with you. It's always fun seeing like the different movie theater experiences, like in Thailand, how you have to stand up because they play the national anthem before the movie. I mean, so yeah, there are always little cultural differences. And again, for the kids, they're going to the movies. It's not, it's like, okay, fine, we're going to the movies, big deal. But they don't, they leave there realizing all these different things that they didn't know before. So they're actually learning, even though they don't realize it. Well, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, Thailand is a great for movies with them standing up to acknowledge the anthem. Um, you know, obviously in South America, it's pretty interesting because you end up seeing them in Spanish, which uh, <laughs> helps me learn my Spanish. My kids don't care. Sure. They're busy watching the cartoon. They don't care about the, the dialogue. Well, my kids that, they've been watching Gravity Falls down here uh, on TV. They've been, they've been watching it. And it's great when it's like a show they know by heart because then they understand what's going on. So they're picking up like the words and they're picking up the terms. And they're even like able to tell me when they said something wrong. Uh, like if there's something that didn't match what the English said. So, you know, yeah, you sneak in the, you sneak in the learning where you can. <laughs> and you know, speaking of movies, I, I think definitely the best movie going experience is if you're in India uh, and you actually go to like a Bollywood movie, what happens is every time there's a song and dance routine, I think everyone knows that, that Bollywood is full of songs okay. and uh, you see people doing that bhangra, they do the light bulb thing, the door knob, <laughs> and then the dancing in the aisle and it's so funny because I, I'm just sitting down and kind of like, what's going on here? Pretty much dancing, getting into it, it's kind of like a nightclub in a cinema and um, you kind of think like it's actually cool because it's actually um they are getting involved in the movie they're not just watching it passively they're actively involved they have big smiles on their face they're high-fiving each other and uh it's such a cool cultural experience so anyone who's watching highly recommend going to see a movie in india not just a western movie but a bollywood uh made movie in india itself <laughs> very cool uh, so, uh, you know, uh, you travel a lot with your family, which is uh, remarkable. Uh, you know, a lot of American families, they pretty much uh, stick to uh, America, maybe going within the state or camping, maybe to another state, and that's amazing for them. Or they might go to Disneyland or Disney World, but you're taking them to some remote places. You're taking them to Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, Vietnam, Thailand, etc. So, uh, what, what, what tips would you give to someone who wants to leave the U.S., but they're too scared? Well, um, it's funny you say that because I actually sort of made myself a mental checklist of things that I make sure a place has before I come here with kids. Um, and the number one tip I can give you, and I can give you this from personal experience because we've had about $6,000 worth of medical claims and a week-long hospital stay last year in Gran Canaria, health insurance, buy travel insurance. I mean, you may think it's like one of those things like where you buy a TV and they try to sell you the extended warranty and never buy it, it's a bad deal. No, travel insurance. I mean, you pray it never pays off, but if you need it, that's the number one thing I can tell you for peace of mind. And then from there, I always make sure there's access to Western medicine where I'm going. Um, it's very easy to research. Like for instance, by coming here, I realized that Santiago has an English speaking um, hospital. Santiago, um, Las, even La Serena here, they have a Western clinic. So it's like, I try to make sure the places have access to Western medicine. Uh, I tend to go to places that I know are going to have decent roads, at least in the places I'm going, or are going to have decent drivers that can get me where I'm going. I tend to pay a little bit more if like in a place like here, for instance, last night we went to see uh, the stars, we went to stargazing. And I'm comfortable driving in Chile to a point. 
Um, I'm really glad I have an automatic because it's really, really hilly. I mean, and I'm confident with the stick, but for an American, it's it's really hilly here. You need a, you need an automatic. And I was very comfortable driving from here to the town where the observatory was located, but I paid a driver to take us to the observatory itself because those last 10 miles were dirt roads that you shared with track, you know, like tractors and horses. And it was after dark. I mean, it was like almost 10 o'clock by the time we came back. And, you know, you may think to yourself, oh, well, I don't need to spend that money. I have a car. That's where I spend my money. You know, I'm willing to skimp on a lot of things, but I don't skimp on drivers and I don't skimp on medical. Um, I always make sure those are lined up before I go. And having that just sort of has helps helps you have peace of mind. And once you sort of have that peace of mind, it's easier to take the next step. Uh, some uh, great tips there. I, I love those ideas. You never know what can happen on the road, so it's definitely good to protect yourself, keep yourself safe, and keep peace of mind, which is the most important thing when you're traveling. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dia, uh, if people wanted to, um, you know, uh, connect with you, uh, what is the website and different social media channels by which people can connect, follow your travels, and more? The easiest way to find me is um, just at thedealmommy.com. Um, all my social media uh, links are there. Um, I'm the Deal Mommy on Facebook and Twitter. The Deal Mommy blog on Instagram. Um, it's usually the easiest way to reach me is Twitter. Uh, I tend to be on there fairly active, and that's another funny thing about miles and points people. Is whereas you know a lot of like the mom blog community lives on Facebook, miles and points people tend to live on Twitter. So that's that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Hey, well, uh, enjoy Chile. And, uh, you know, uh, it's too bad we're not in the same country because we could have met up and our kids could have played together. <laughs> that would but, be uh, great. I'm sure we'll run into each other somewhere down the line. I'm certain that we will. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Yeah, you know, very inspiring to hear uh, Dia's story about travel with family and about the funny things like throwing a soccer ball off the ravine. And, you know, that's the joy of travel. It's not always good. It's not always rosy. It's not always like you see in social media. There's the good. There's the bad and everything in between. So my, I'll just quickly end the story here. My son actually is only three and a half, and he actually throws tantrums like crazy. Uh, and it's so tough as a traveling dad, you know, a traveling uh, a family, because um, when he throws his tantrums, he pretty much keeps crying and crying and crying uh, until you give him what he wants. And that's tough because you're trying to discipline. So we have had challenges there. So I can just, uh, and I, I've been tempted to throw away his toys, um, like, um, <laughs> but I actually don't. So good on you. If your kids act up, throw away the soccer ball. Yes. <laughs> Learn, a friend of mine who uh, does a lot of remote traveling, um, she told me something today that I found very comforting. And she said, listen, parenting is insane. No matter where you do it, you might as well have a nice view. I'm like, you know what? She's right. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Might as well throw it down a ravine rather than just in the garbage chute in your backyard. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll end with that. You know, hashtag throw away the soccer ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, for those of you listening or viewing who are parents, share, share with us your stories. We actually have an active Facebook group as well, uh, Digital Nomad Mastery Community on Facebook. Uh, you can check us out at Digital Nomad Mastery on Podcast and on Videocast on YouTube and iTunes and leave us a rating review. That really helps us to uh, go up the ranking and to get more people traveling. That is a goal. That's a mission. That's a purpose to inspire people to travel the world. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode with uh, our guest today, Dia, tuning in from Chile. I'm tuning in and tuning out now from Medellin, Colombia. Thanks, everyone, and happy travels. We'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. <laughs>